Hey everyone, this week we've got another in the series of, uh, I don't know, platform engineering talks. This one is with a couple of people from the front side who have been doing a lot of work around backstage, helping large organizations customize it and integrate it with what they're doing. Now before we get to it, I, uh, I didn't fiddle around with my stuff enough and I recorded off the microphone on my laptop, so that's why it sounds like I'm in some sort of different environment. But whatever, it's fine. I don't think I do too much talking in this as much as I usually do. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. Now, I've been collecting together uh, a lot of stuff relevant to platform engineering and other things on my uh, my website. If you go to cote.io slash platform, you can find talks that I've done there, papers that I'm always referencing, some other things like that. If you find anything relevant, you should send it to me and uh, I'll try to put it up there. But that's a good place to go to uh, check out more. And of course, you can always go to tanzutalk.com to find the show notes for this episode, videos that we do, all sorts of things, and uh, be sure to subscribe to it. Now with that, let's get right into the interview. All right, well today, I have, I have one of my oldest friends here, and, and uh, one of his coworkers who recently talked at uh, BackstageCon. Now, now do, do you camel case that? Is it, do you uppercase the B, the S, obviously the C, or do you lowercase the S? Lowercase the yeah. S. Yeah, lowercase yeah. the S, it's all one word. That, like, isn't that impossible to resist uppercasing the S? I think it's a matter of intonation. Like if you're talking about, you know, you're at, uh, I don't know, pick your poison. You're at a Pink Floyd concert. And you're like, we're going to go backstage. Uh-huh. Yes. Would, with that one, you would capitalize the S. But if you're, you know, you're saying there's a lot going on backstage. Um, yeah. Then, then you would do that. So it's, it's you know. Just depends on how you are excited you are in the moment. I suppose backstage the software can get pretty exciting at times. Uh huh. Uh huh. And in that case, you'd want to camel case it. Our bigger issue is that we are called frontside. Our company is called frontside, and then when people talk about frontside and backstage, they end up saying backside and frontstage. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that whole thing that happens. It, 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 I, I, have, I have often reflected that it's sort of a uh, uh, delightfully ironic name for the company, given that you work on the, the backstage stuff now. Which, which, but anyways, so, so why, do, why, do, why don't you all introduce yourself? Let's, let's uh, go in uh, alphabetical order. Uh, I guess that would be me. That's right. Um, Good job. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I think so. It depends on if we're going first name or last name. Uh, but um, okay, my name is Charles Lowell. Uh, I'm the CTO of Frontside. Frontside actually refers to the experience of any particular given software. So you experience everything from what you can see right in front of you. And so whether we're doing user experience or whether we're working on backend systems, the way that we're going to approach it is from the front side. Uh, so there's the etymology of the company. And so viewed from that sense, it does uh, it does accord with backstage and the things that we're trying to do uh, in backstage, which is focus on the, the user experience, not of only uh, working working with it, but what it's like to use it. I'm uh, Taras Minkowski. I'm the CEO of Frontside. Um, and Frontside, uh, so Charles is a founder, sets the the spiritual and the inspirational uh, lighthouse for us. And so, and but Frontside as a company, uh, what we do is uh, provide backstage support um, and uh, we're a professional, uh, backstage professional services partner. Um, so we help companies adopt backstage. Um, and a lot of our approaches are very much inspired by Charles's, Charles's view. And it's very developer experience centric um, specific, and we bring a lot of that developer, developer experience focus to the conversations around supporting backstage and growing developer portals. And, and then, so, so how did, how did y'all, I mean, what, so, so walk us through, and by us, I guess, I mean me, like through, like, how did, how did you end up doing this? Cause you know, uh, I've known Charles a long time and the front side has done all sorts of things over the years. So at some point y'all must've been like, we're going to do this backstage stuff. Like how, how did, how did that come about? Yeah, it's, we had a client who we still have a client. We actually we, we work with them that uh, that needed develop a, a developer portal, and uh, we have always been uh, developer experience centric. Um, and when we start talking to them about creating developer uh, develop, uh, create, creating a developer portal, we were talking about a lot of things that Backstage had, but 
but I didn't even know the backstage existed. So someone actually within the within the organization mentioned backstage and we looked at backstage, we're like, yes, we should do this. Because the, one of the biggest problems with a lot of uh, portals is that they never get enough attention. Every mm. portal is is just enough um, was invested invested into it to make it work, but not enough to make it good. And that's the underlying problem with a lot of developer portals. So mm. having uh, essentially a framework that is available and is iterated independently, so you can then just use it to create the developer experience you want, was very appealing, and it's paid off. And and then so so like okay, I mean you 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 you've you've uh, you've hit on it there a little bit, but what what is like with the, with the that initial you know client and the ones that you have now, like what what are they doing with Backstage? Like what are the needs they have for, I don't know, an internal development portal beyond like a wiki page or or whatever, right? Like and and because that like it's there's a lot more going on than just like a static set of pages that one might call in the olden days knowledge management <laughs> and and like you know project status and things like that. And so like there's something. There's something that what hasn't been satisfied that backstage is kind of filling in there. That's always hard for me to, as I'm doing here, talk about concisely or describe. Yeah, I think there is. Um, um, so if we look at the history of of, of backstage Spotify, like it originally emerged as a tool to help streamline certain processes, and it's grown from there. And I think a lot of uh, because because of Spotify kind of engineering organization, in their organization, it was very natural for developers to own their like, developer experience. So yeah. they, so Backstage internally um, is a combination. I think they have something like 40 different teams contributing to Backstage where each team um, is using a kind of like putty. You know, they all add their little bits to make their, to to add the pieces that they need to improve their, you know, so they, they the people within Spotify, they all go to backstage to, to uh, basically do anything. Like you essentially can't do, you can't get work done without going to Spotify, without going to backstage at Spotify, because everything that you need to, to be productive is there. Um, and, and over time from that, like there's emerged kind of patterns. So like the software catalog is, is a pattern that is, is now represented by a plugin. So it's a it's a tool that organizations can use to um, allow developers to control metadata for uh, different uh, assets within their organization. So and for those assets, you know, typically are like, you know, you might have a service or you might have um, libraries or uh, or components that are that are, that you share across the organization. So develop so the catalog gives developers control over metadata about those things. And from from that metadata, you then create the actual user experience that you see in the in the backstage portal. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an important way to strike the proper trade off between distribution and centralization. You know, I think you know the, the pendulum always swings in between those two poles, where you have a very centralized system where uh, of, of software development um, and deployment, <clears throat> where you kind of hand things off to to uh you know your deployment team or whatever that was kind of the old school way of doing it and then you know the 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 revolution that's been happening for a while now is giving agency to individual developers to to manage their own deployments and manage their own services and break things apart and and but the problem is it can be difficult to share knowledge uh between those those different things so if i if i'm an organization and I've got a hundred different services, and I've got each one of those services is deployed in five different environments. You've got this fractal complexity that could emerge, um, and so it's a way of kind of, as I see it, reining that in and almost inverting control. Uh, so what's interesting is that rather than being a portal that you maintain, the individual pro, pro uh, the individual projects can give information about themselves, and then. Backstage can can pull that in. So if you're familiar with the CI/CD model, it would be kind of the difference between old school Jenkins and a system like Circle CI or Travis, where um, you know in in uh, the the old school CI you kind of had a central management 
uh, of, of the CI processes, whereas kind of the key innovation of those distributed CI models was you provided the general infrastructure, but each product could just kind of plug in and say, this is how you build me. This is how you distribute me. And then it, it, uh, it carries away. So I think the inversion of control is an important aspect of it. So, so I, I mean, I mean to 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 crudify it, so to speak. Basically, like we need one UI for all the development we're doing in this organization, and and you could call it a console. Hence, hence one of my favorite words ever, portal. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. the the place that we go to do that. And the opposite of having one UI would be, uh, worst case scenario, like every single team, however, whatever a team is defined, whether it's like component or product or geography, every team basically just has like their own way of like writing up and adding the metadata about their projects. And you just have to figure that out <laughs> to, to yeah. my team. Right. And then, and then, but then the part that, that, that y'all, y'all are talking about that's in there as well is, and then in addition to that, the way that uh, each, the developers on each team, like are interacting with the whole I don't, for lack of a better phrase, like just the software delivery process, there's basically a standardization of that as well, right? Like in, in this kind of the same way that if you do like an inverted like CICD pipeline, there there is like a, there's a specification of how you're going to be doing builds now. Like everyone can't just come up with their own way of doing it. So you're really like, you're getting, you're standardizing how software is done, <laughs> not not at the, the the coding level, but how you package it up and move it along towards production, essentially, and, and everything else that's involved there. Yeah, it's a combination of giving developers um, what they need to be productive at the stage that they're at. Because for some for some developers in the organization, being productive means give me a really good starting point because I don't know what all the pieces that I need to use. Right. So so having a place to start. So like. Um, having all of your resources aggregated in a single place. So when I go and look, I could find everything, but then also being able to use a, an existing template to create like a new React app or create a new service that automatically deploys uh, using best practices on our platform. So for, for someone who is not familiar with the ecosystem within the organization, having a starting point is really helpful. But for someone who is has a lot of experience the, the flip side of that is being able to be able to adjust that uh, uh, that experience to match their understanding. Like if they need something new and they want to be able to like they, they already know everything that's available, but they realize that it could be better having the ability to change it or be able to contribute upstream. So that's the, that's the, that's the other aspect of the developer experience using a portal that's now happening as a result of, of backstage being adopted. There's this inner source practice that's being cultivated or it's being built yeah. uh, starting with the developer portal. Yeah, I mean I mean there you that 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 part's interesting in in the the way of uh I don't even know what the phrases for this are, but you know, usually uh in in like a large organization you get all your enterprise architects and governance people together and they define what the the software delivery factory or process is like. You know, we, we got all these stages and these and documents you have to fill out. And to some extent, like if you were to take the maximal idea of whatever it is we're talking about here, you could kind of like start to program that more than it have a be a bunch of like Word documents or Google yeah. documents or whatever. And and like so the role of whoever's specifying how software is done in an organization is more to say, uh, it's going back to your thing, Charles. Like here, here's like the the execution pipeline that's going to happen. And here's like the little plugins that you have to add in that describe your product or your, your software. And then you can do whatever else. <laughs> and then also, like, because it's all actually code instead of like, you know, turning on suggest changes in some document somewhere or going to some terrible meeting to discuss like some policy change, you could actually like just like suggest some way we're going to change this and like submit a PR or whatever. And, and we'll get it. We'll get these people together and see if we want to just like accept that. Uh, which seems better, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in, in, it applies for every aspect of the development. So, you know, we were talking um, 
a little bit in the, the, the green room phase about why not just use a wiki, uh, for example. And, you know, the, the problem is the wikis have this, this issue where they end up going dead uh, at some point because nobody's maintaining them or someone has migrated to some other technology. And so, you know, kind of the, the inverted, say, backstage way is let a project have control over its own documentation and then communicate whatever whatever your organization's documentation platform is. Let uh, let the project say, "Hey, I'm using you know I'm using this Markdown, or I'm using TS Doc, or I'm using this this documentation tool." And if that changes, well, the the project can you know uh, essentially update the pointer, so to speak, um, and and your portal doesn't go stale. Uh, because you know you've now evolved, so you're not locked in to one particular technology. All right, all right. So now, now we had, or at least I do, have a, a little bit of the dream, so to speak, like like what, what the point is and, and what happens. But like, so like, what is the actual? Uh, if 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 I go down to CompUSA and I buy the uh, I buy the backstage uh, kit, like what what am I going to get? Like what what are the actual components and like the the parts of it? Like. I'm pretty sure Kubernetes is involved somewhere, whether I want it to be or not. And then, I, you know, like, what, what do I, what do I like, what do I do? Like, what, what's the architecture of it, basically? Where are all the parts? So there, there are five core components that are in, four plugins. Let's call them plugins. There are five core plugins that are included with Backstage, um, which are built on a framework that is a fairly standard, like, client-server architecture. So there's a um, there's a React application on the front end, and then there is uh, Node processes running in the back end, which provide the server that the, the client connects to. Um, that's the kind of the general architecture. Uh, but what the, the five plugins that come out of the box are the catalogs. So it's a software catalog, the scaffolder. So it's a uh, a way to create templates that generate um, generate code that is pushed into repositories and then those so that code is registered as a component in the catalog mm -hmm. there is search which makes it possible to find things within your ecosystem um, there is the kubernetes plugin which allows you to hook up your um, if your components in the catalog represent services those services are probably deployed to kubernetes so the kubernetes plugin allows you to show information about the services in the catalog um, and there is, uh, I think that's four, and there yeah. is, uh, what else is there? And then there's like a hundred. Right? Uh, oh yeah, and tech docs, yeah. So the tech docs is documentation as code where the markdown files are stored in the repository and then they're auto-generated and made visible in backstage. Right, right, okay. And and then so you're, you're saying like there's components and a component, does that represent like the software that a team's working on? Like, like, like what is a component? A component is, yes, there's different types of components. So uh, a service, a website, a library, and then you can create your own types of components. Okay, all right. Yeah, the object model is kind of deliberately loose. Uh, so I think component is more one of the uh, better understood. But the other thing that's neat about it is essentially the catalog, which really underpins so much of uh, Backstage, is it's it's just a graph of things in your organization, uh, and you can kind of draw arbitrary connections between them. So you've got these components, but you also can have references to where these repositories house these components. You have you can draw connections of which people are the contributors to these components. So if you have a question. Uh, about a particular service, you can actually look up and you can say, ah, this person is is um, is associated with this. Now, I don't know if you actually get that out of the box, but those are the kinds of inferences that you can you can draw. Um, right, right, yeah, and and so that I mean that's the other thing I was interested since since I'll work with with several people on this is, is hearing is like it seems like with my crude understanding the the one of the original problems that, that Backstage was looking to solve is like, especially in the Spotify sense, it's like, I forget the number. Some of, you know, we got like 10,000 microservices running around here. And what like, the hell is going on? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and not, not, only, not only what are they, 
how do they work, but like, who can I talk to about them? Like, who owns this, right? And, th and then I remember, like, like there was an intriguing case. Which ones are on Kubernetes? Which one are on AWS? How right. much are they costing me? Yeah. Right, and so, so you have that catalog, like one, and it's more, it's, it's still kind of like just this more or less static catalog of like, here's all these different services, and now you at least know what they are, Here's documentation for them, as you were saying, you, you can check in. And here is, uh, here's, here's at least some person or an email address that owns it, or like that you could talk to about it. I'm, I'm being a little facetious here. Who's, here's who owns it, right? And then, I don't, I don't know what the, what the object model, as you say, is for this stuff, but then you can also add in, like I remember one case they had that was interesting that was like, well, we want to, uh, we want to convert everyone over to Python. So we stuck this thing in here that basically said, you need to convert to Python or you've already converted to Python. <laughs> or like you need to upgrade your Python version. And so it's almost like, I don't know which direction this injection goes, but it sounds like once you set up that, that catalog or whatever it is, you could actually start going in there and adding in like all these other little embellishments and layers of governance. That's probably not a mm -hmm. word people like to use, but just to say that like, you know, this project needs to upgrade its version of Python, or this one doesn't have the right kind of observability stuff built into it, or, or it does. I, I mean, it, it, like, like, what's that notion called? Where, where you're like, you're moving way past just like a static wiki, it seems like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what it would be called. Um, I know there is, um, the, way, the way I look at it is, it's giving developers control over the shortcuts that they use to access information. So like when you go to the backstage catalog, um, when you find a specific component, like when you find your component on that page, you can, you can add metadata that points to external services. So you could say, so for example, my logs are at this URL in the Kubernetes, in, in, in Kibana. So when you click on the link, it will take you directly to the logs for, for that component. So, you, so right. and then you can use that link to essentially um, extract information for external services and then show that information on the catalog page. So you could say, um, now instead of showing the, show, now instead of going to Kibana, I can actually like programmatically pull information from Kibana and show those latest logs in the UI. So it right. gives you that kind of control over um, what you're seeing on a component per component basis, because it's not unusual for two, for multiple pieces of software to or technologies to play the same role. You know, so you could have like um, you could, there might be different ways of getting uh, different systems for viewing logs, but they could also be different like infrastructure providers being used within the same company for hosting the same thing. So like if you needed to go access uh, for example, secrets for one component versus another, uh, it is not uncommon to see like, you know, AWS secret manager and HashiCorp vault being used within the same company. So from different, depending on which component, depending on your particular component, where you access those secrets might be different. Um, so being able to use the catalog pages to, as a jumping point to where, what, where it is specifically for that component. Is really helpful for developers they don't have to so they can find what they're looking for faster and then, and then yeah. i suppose you could also like standardize on what's on each of those pages right like to your point you could say like every time you have a uh a, a project or a component or whatever you need you need to it would be fantastic if you pointed to where the logs are for the current version you're mm -hmm. running and it would be great if you pointed towards wherever your issue tracker is or whatever and, and that way you, you more standardize where all that stuff is instead of emailing around things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even, I think maybe the, 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 the word that you're looking for, and I don't know if you mentioned it, is just annotation. Like annotation is both a mechanic within Backstage, like they have this concept that you can annotate any entity in the catalog, uh, but it's also kind of a abstract process of uh, deriving metadata that's available to the rest of the system downstream from the actual component. So just the fact that a component is registered in the catalog and you know where it lives, you know, now your portal can actually follow that location and say, okay, you registered this component. I can go visit it 
and I can see, oh, this is this is a Python project because it's got a Py project file. And I can look at it and I can see its dependencies and I can see which version of Python I think was the the, ver- the thing, the example you used. I could see, hey, it's got these security vulnerabilities. And these are kind of enhancements and enrichments that you can do downstream of the actual project, but all they had to do was kind of uh, register themselves uh, or be discovered. Um, so, okay. so maybe I, I, it's both a mechanic and a process, this process of annotation. Um, or, or the derivation of knowledge based on just the mere fact of a component existing. That's a mouthful. That, you should write that down. That'd be a good, uh, <laughs> a, a, a good blog. Uh, yeah. So, so like, like you know, like, like we mentioned several times, like y'all have been doing a lot of work with with clients, kind of like building up their backstage stuff and customizing it. And so, like, you know, amalgamating that, like, if you were, like, like when you do or when you think about like sitting down with someone, like, all right, we have nothing. Like, like what, uh, like what's the, like, what's like the six, 12 months sort of like thing that they do? Like, what's the first thing that they build out? What's like now it's, you know, usually it's like after three months, we've proven that we should keep doing this and actually pay the front side. And then, and then like, after that, you want to add, you want to expand to like some more teams and then maybe they want to like customize it and add some stuff. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up based on software, but like, what's kind of like, not generic in a bad way, but what's like the generic path that people go down as far as building up their their, their backstage stuff? I, I think that the, the best starting point, and hopefully companies do this, but this is not always that this is not always um, the case, but hopefully the first step is asking their developers what it's like to be a developer at their company. Mm, Ask right. them like, what is your actual workflow? Like, how, how do you go about doing your work? And then what happens if you do ask, what, what often happens is um, the kind of feedback that you will get is, oh, um, it's really difficult to find stuff. Like, I don't know where, um, like, when, when we've done this for our clients, what you will hear developers say is something like, I have a list of 170 links that I maintain that I share with my friends, my colleagues at the company, because if you don't have the links, you might actually not be able to get your work done because you don't yeah. know how where, where the, where the, the, uh, really complicated URL is for a specific service. So um, when they get feedback like that, then they can map that to something, you know, to a feature of, of, of Backstage, and then they have now they're starting to form their roadmap. And their develop like developers will tell you exactly what their problems are. It's just I think what we're not used to is thinking about develop like thinking about the platform as a product, thinking about it like thinking about your internal develop platform as a product, and thinking about like the actual. Um, what is it like to experience the platform? But when you ask the question, it's actually pretty easy to map those things to features because these things that Spotify open source, the plugins that Spotify open source, those plugins um, are solutions to very common developer problems. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then also like, as, as I don't know, I almost feel like as it's frequently overlooked about stuff like this because it comes from a third party no one gets the chance to argue it into doing nothing, right? Like, like if you were coming up with your own way to build something like this in any large organization, you'd probably spend a lot of time talking about how you should do things. And one person would have this standard of doing it. Another person would have this way of doing it. And then maybe you would just like forget about it because now it's time to have vacation. Whereas like if you've got a third party thing, like there's no debate about what you do. <laughs> you, just, you just start using the tool, which seems useful. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge with that is that I, I, what, what I'm observing in working with, with, with our clients is that there's definitely a path, um, but I think what's generally missing is this concept that, that we need to be actively solving developer experience problems. Like there is friction and there is um, latency in the, in the developer, in, in the engineering organizations but we don't have either the tools or the uh, we don't have the tools to observe it or to optimize it. So the best case, in, the best um, example of this is, uh, you know, in the past we didn't have a good way to like releasing software was very, um, you know, we we all knew that it would take months to do, but now you know as a result of DevOps we have 
you know, different stages for releasing software. So we could say, for example, our CI time is now, you know, it was taking a, an hour to run. Now we, you know, brought that down to, to seven minutes. So we had both the mean, by having tools that give us the way to observe uh, how, how long it takes, we were able to reduce that latency. Sim similar um, doesn't yet exist for developer experience um, in other aspects. So um, I think, and that's one of the challenges for a lot of companies is that it's it's a figuring out what to improve on their platform, given where they are right now, is something that people are learning to do now, now that the backstage exists. It's kind yeah. of like laying out this foundation where people start thinking about how they can improve their developer experience. Yeah, yeah. No, I, like, like you're getting to something I think of in this area a lot, which is, uh, well, to put it one way, it's it's always shocking when you discover the need for something that you thought existed already. <laughs> in in yeah. in the sense of, I mean, to use the the old tired analogy, right? Like the the cobbler's kids wear enough shoes, right? And in this case, it's sort of like you have software developers who are by definition writing a bunch of software, and in general. And collectively, they don't spend a lot of time writing software that helps the process of what they're doing. There's all sorts of people mm -hmm. who write frameworks and like, I mean, that's you almost have to stop developers from doing that. So they actually work on the software mm -hmm. that runs your business. But like, right. <laughs> but, but as far as like, what, it, what if we like wrote software that like makes the way that we collaborate and run better? And and like mm -hmm. we have we have plenty of stuff that's like, you know, from the old application lifecycle management and software delivery lifecycle. Like we have all sorts of tools for that, but none of like I obviously can't describe it very well either, but none of it sort of is like, well, here's well, let me as as you were saying in your talk at Backstage Con, it's like, yeah, but when can I have Heroku? <laughs> right? Like like when when can I have when can I have that set of web pages that I go to that has all the same interface for finding stuff, explains to me how to use it, and allows me to just work on the process, for lack of a better phrase, just collaborating with people. And uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of like astonishing to think this, but like, I, I guess no one's done that before, <laughs> right? Like that, that hasn't existed. Yeah, I mean, I think people have tried a lot uh, to do it individually and for themselves, but... There are just certain, it's like you said, how much of your effort is it just from a business sense feasible to expend on that? Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Is it 70%? And there's definitely a threshold there where you can't have a business uh, if you're spending all of your time working on your internal developer platform. Uh, and so where, you know, shared solutions have to emerge in order to make it feasible for uh, everybody to do it um, because you know one thing is for sure you can't there you know, like your developer experience it exists whether you're observing it and where you're visible of it not you're like you can't not have a developer experience um, and so if it's you know if you if you can't invest in it it's just it's going to be bad um, and so I just I think that um, I think it just takes enough people acknowledging that that it is something that needs to be solved and trying to sit down to do the work to solve it collectively. I just, it's one of those things where it's very difficult for it to be emergent in a single place. I think it also couldn't have been emergent because um, it was almost impractical to have it emergent previously because there's nothing you can do about it. Like before, before cloud native, before companies started to build internal develop platforms, when you're relying on, on third-party software that you do not control, when you're relying on monoliths that you cannot easily change, you can't really do much about, like even if you wanted to change, you don't have any means to do it. And then I think what, what's happened with Cloud Native is that by giving you the, the granular pieces that you can use to assemble your internal develop platform, you now have control over the individual pieces. So now you can you actually have something that you can manipulate. And then what's happened as a result is now people realize, okay, well, I have an internal develop platform that consists of a whole bunch of tools, but what's, what we're finding is that it's actually really difficult for developers to be productive. And so now there is a, um, you can attach a monetary value to ha not having solved this problem. Like not having, not, not thinking about a developer experience actually has a cost. 
And this is what, we, what we're seeing now. I think what's changed in the last like five years is that companies are actually realizing that it's really expensive for them to not think about the developer experience on, on the internal developer platforms. And so now they're thinking, now they're standing up teams that are dedicated to um, to use, to improve that. And I think what's happening with Backstage is it's emerged as a, as a, at the right time, you know, we went from, you know, a few years ago, it had 50 adopters. A year ago, it had 125, now it has 400 adopters. Um, and it's being adopted really quickly because it is a well, like well understood. The, the need is well understood, like the solution might not be, you know, but that's something that we're collectively learning, but the problem is now known. So, so then how, how about uh, like, like two, two more things to go before we close out. One is, uh, so, so I, I, I got all excited and, and drove us off the track of like the, uh, the kind of like, you know, the build out that people have. Right. And, and we stopped around, uh, uh, just discoverability, right? Like, like having, having that, your, 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 your magic cheat sheet of like all the funny URLs you need to go to, to find the work to do. Like what, so once you establish like the, the catalog, if you will. You can discover things and find them. Like, what are, what are the next things that people start working on? Like, what are the more kind of advanced stuff that people build in that I imagine, you know, they'll get hired to help out with a little bit? Yeah, um, I mean, you do want to, I would say the, you know, you, it really depends on where, what, what aspect of that network of information is the most valuable to you. Um, so, you know, at the, at, at its core, what you're constructing is a graph of the internal software ecosystem and all <laughs> constituents. And so, you know, what aspect of that graph is you want to surface, I think is where people focus on next. Now that's the abstract answer. I would say uh, surfacing the people associated with software um, we've seen be something that's an extremely high value target. Um, I don't know if you wanted to add something to that. Yeah, it's it's very much it, it very much differs for each company because each company is going to have a, a different like their their platform is going to be more complete in other areas and weaker in uh, in some. Mm -hmm. So the most standard thing that we see happening is uh, creating templates that you can use to scaffold new components. So starting to standardize and make it easier for developers to create things. Um, but depending, so that, 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 that's a pretty common one as a kind of a next step. Um, but what specific, what, what information you surface in the catalog very much depends on your, your biggest needs. Like what are the biggest problems? Because mm -hmm. at some companies, they might have um, a service built out. Like it's not uncommon for us to see like some clients have an entity service that provides information about all the different things. So like they might already have a catalog. So for them to pull the information from the existing catalog and to surface it in backstage, it's just a matter of like integrating with their, with their service, uh, with the existing service catalog. Um, or another company might have a system for uh, querying relationships between services. So for them, it mm -hmm. might be, okay, make that information available in backstage so you can represent the structure so you could, so there's in, in backstage there's a concept of systems and domains it's a kind of organization of, of different information so you might use um, you might use backstage to represent relationships between different systems within within your organization right and then going one level deeper be like okay showing how those things depend on each other so like you know if a service uses another service and depending on what you have, depending on what you already have, like your approach to that problem or what your needs are going to be different. And so you kind of have to prioritize based on where your biggest pain points are. Right. So you could generate the uh, that old infamous like Netflix Death Star Mondrian thing, you know, that they used to have that was like, here's here's uh, how all of our microservices connect together. And uh, isn't that great? But I mean, you know, th that would be useful to see the, uh, the graph of all your stuff. And, you know, if you have like thousands and thousands of applications and services, so, so then like kind of connected to that, like, so where, at, 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 at what point does like the, the intentions of what Backstage want to do, like kind of crossover scope creep? Like if I were to say, 
So let's take like your, your, your monitoring stuff and we're just gonna move that all into backstage rather than being in your monitoring tool. Like that doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, and, and I would so, say so it's so even the, against the philosophy of, of how right, no, no, it, it, yeah. it, Exactly, and so like where, where is that edge of like, here's something we could do that, that we need done and like it doesn't belong over here in backstage land. That's not like, in, I mean, it's just programming. So we could put whatever you want on a screen. And like when you click a button, it could do whatever you want. But like that doesn't make sense to have it here. It's not part of it. Like, uh, well, here's another one is like, so would you use backstage to like do all of the human part of release management or would you not? Like, like, is that the UI you would use to release your software all the way to production? Or w w would that be scope creep and you wouldn't do that? It could be if you're, if you're, if that process touches multiple systems, because some place you need to touch multiple systems, like from developer experience perspective, like you need to, uh, I think this is where backstage shines is showing information from multiple systems. If you mm -hmm. want to go, if you need to get deeper, um, into that into like you don't want to hide the system that you're integrating with because it might have really useful information that you need at a specific time so developers need to be able to jump to that system and find what they're looking for so you, uh, so you don't want to I, I don't think it's appropriate to bring everything into backstage um, but in the way that the systems overlap backstage might be the only place where this is actually possible Right, right. Yeah, that, so that's I mean, that's, it's, that's it's, a good guideline. Uh, that that if, if, if you're trying to integrate together multiple systems to do something, integrate's the wrong word, but if you have to use multiple systems to accomplish some task, it's at least good to consider <laughs> doing something. Right. I mean, I think that Backstage is definitely not designed to unwind the, the progress of distributing stuff in microservices. It's to make it more powerful. So it doesn't do... I mean, it does a lot, but it's it's not uh, it's it's not designed to do uh, particular tasks so much as aggregate information about what is being done. Right to be a portal, which which I guess uh, really is, yeah. <laughs> did we avoided that word the entire uh, the entire time? No, I I mean you know uh, I I was I was uh, I was raised in the late '90s and early 2000s when Portal first came about. So I have, I have weird feelings about the You even the had a Portal. site called Portal Potty. Yes. Uh, like, like, I don't know if you still hold on to that domain. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't, did people use the word portlet? That, that would be great if that, if that reemerged. I never knew that it emerged in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> portlet is scope. It's just like the same way that you always have a sitcom that's about 20 years in the past. So you know, at any uh, at any given moment, there's going to be a sitcom that takes place 20 years ago. Same thing with the vocabulary in tech. Yeah, there's some law. Yeah. Well, great. Well, that's been good. See, I always just use these to educate myself and ask the questions I'm confused about, and I think I'm a little more cleared up and smarter. I don't know. We'll see. But it, is there any, is there anything uh, is there anything you're thinking of that maybe we've left out to kind of defining like 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 you know what I want to do here is like define like what backstage is beyond like, you know, a portal and then like how people like, like the immediate gain that you would get, right. Which, which, which all went over well is like, well, it's really hard to just find stuff, which sounds like a trivial problem, but it's very important. <laughs> and, and then, and then, you know, there, there's basically the, the kind of like what the stack looks like from a very high level. But uh, I don't know what what what, what do you think is going to be happening over the next year or so in this area? Like, what a what is the community talking about as far as like here's what we need to do now? Like, this is the the next thing we need to work on. I think the biggest the 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 most important thing that's going to happen now is going to be um, making it easier for to engage for people to get engaged with backstage or for the users of backstage to be engaged with backstage in a way that is that is easy for them so because mm -hmm. right now it's the the process of building a port the portal is is a little bit um like it follows a typical like you know you, you 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 have a source code you build it you build a docker image and you push it so so it has that entire it has that um process built into the into develop development which means that if if someone 
you know, if someone is using backstage and they want to add, let's say like, oh, I want for our project, we use um, uh, like a, a, a SAS for doing for doing uh, logging or for getting uh, uh, getting error logging from like a, a client application. Like I would like to integrate that. So what they would need to do is they would need to clone the repo, add, like, add that integration as like a as a React component or, you know, as an or node process and then create a pull request it's going to get merged and it's going to get redeployed and it's going to be running so that whole process takes a lot of a lot of work so i think what's going to happen over the next over this year is try to find increase the number of things that people the teams can do without having to go through that whole cycle right right yeah that makes i, I mean basically just making it more usable exactly. <laughs> for, yeah, for, for developers it, to add things exactly yeah of their yeah, experiences, yeah. so they don't have to use React or TypeScript. They could just use they could just use the UI to add the things that they need and be able to amend the like modify their experience based uh, modify their like backstage experience based on uh, their needs without having to without having to go through a build mm. build cycle. Yeah, well, hopefully it won't reduce on the typical. I mean, it seems like the cycle, whatever the format is, is you do the uh, the current configuration format squared, where the first phase is to write another layer nowadays in our contemporary era. Let's simplify the YAML on top of the YAML and uh, just, just make that easier to configure stuff, which always seems, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm, I'm too snarky, but that seems a little silly that you're going to simplify something by adding more of the thing on it instead of just simplifying the original thing. But I don't know. I just make slides. I, I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and then also, I mean, you entered like you brought it up several times. It seems I, I forget what you call this kind of thing, but it seems like like one way of figuring out where to get started, in addition to asking developers, as you're saying, is like it's sort of like a little il illustrative uh, thing to say, like, all right, tell me how you find the logs. It's always logs, like to kind of make a point <laughs> about how to organize stuff. It's just like like how long does it take you just to find the most recent logs? And then like, you know, that's that's a good use case to go out and solve really quickly. And then how do you find the logs for all the applications? Like how long would it take you to actually get those logs so you can start looking at them? Never mind the thrill of looking right. through a bunch of logs, just finding right. them always seems like a uh, something to test out as far as how your internal portaling for developers is working out. Well, great, well, thanks. So if people are interested in more of y'all, what would you point them at? Give us a call to action. Call to action, where you can go to frontside.com slash backstage. And we also have, uh, we we offer enterprise backstage support. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, Taras, but I know we have uh, plans that are built to accommodate people wherever they are in their backstage journey, uh, whether you're yeah, what, getting what, started. What, what does that business look like? Like, I mean, y'all are also like some of the early people figuring out what the the market in this area looks like. Like, what, what do... Uh, what have you discovered you can get paid for so far? Yeah, I think one of the so right now what that support looks like is um, helping teams that are adopting backstage uh, be productive, which is essentially giving them the information they need when they need it, um, and um, and we have because there there are teams that are being stood up specifically for building this, but learning all the tools that are necessary to be to to be able to create a backstage portal is not easy, right. so we make it easier for them. And then uh, another part of that is uh, when Backstage doesn't do exactly what they need, we, as part of the service, we actually go and work upstream to make those changes for them so for, on behalf of the team. So they can then just upgrade um, and get the latest version without having to fork their instance of Backstage. So they can keep staying like, current and be able to upgrade at any time. Um, and uh, I think the third thing is uh, also navigating, like how do you actually accomplish something from product management perspective? Because if you have... Uh, you you know you have a problem. There are a variety of different ways of solving it, and so knowing which solution to apply. I mean, this is one of the benefits that we have in our particular positioning because we work with with adopters and we and we look like we see their roadmaps. We see how they solve problems. We help them design solutions. We have right now um, we support development of portals with over a hundred thousand users combined. Um, so we have a, quite a varied perspective on who, on how these portals are implemented. So uh, we we make that information like we make the the information the product managers need 
to design the roadmaps roadmaps for developer experience kind of available to them where they need it. So that's yeah. kind of like where that what would that kind of how that work. That you you can like. you can I mean when you have when you have well not not even that scale. When you have like just even a small scale of different organizations doing something like this, you can uh, you can speed up people's product management thinking, right? Because they, they you know because that way they're not the first. They, they don't. What, it's rarely the case that someone is the first person who's encountered this problem, and there's usually other people who solve it, and they don't have to like reinvent the solution over and over again. It's the old like you know on on the uh, especially in the enterprise software space. Us, us on the sell side are always joking like, yeah, every, everyone thinks they have special problems. And I just talked to three people this morning who had that same exact special problem. And like the, the, you have to, you can help people out understand that help is available and their problems mm -hmm. are not uh, detrimentally unique and special for them, which is always one nice. thing. Yeah. One thing that's really common to a lot of our, comp uh, a lot of our customers is that um, they look to Spotify for, for inspiration but Spotify is a very advanced engineering organization. Like they created Backstage because they're a very advanced engineering organization. So the practices that Spotify has, they're kind of like the end goal where everybody wants to end up. Mm. But it's really difficult to implement the end goal when you're like, if you're like here on the left side, trying to move up to the right side where you, where you want to be, acting like you are already arrived there doesn't really work. You know, so because if you're you, you don't you're not not in the same place. Like Spotify has forty comp, forty teams already contributing to Backstage. If you have no teams contributing to Backstage, the way you're going to solve problems is going to be different. And this is what this is what a lot of our work is helping them, uh, like think about how to solve problems at their particular place as opposed to how Spotify would solve it because it's just a different way of, of like you you act differently depending on where you are in your journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, it's uh, it'd be a bad idea to learn how to drive stick in like a Formula One race. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks for being on, and uh, you know, see everyone next time. Bye. All right. Thank you. Thank you.